Well, we're back here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And, uh, well, it wasn't a must-win game tonight, guys, but it was certainly a game that it felt like we needed. And for a long, long time, it, it didn't feel like the team had the same outlook. It was a, it was a tough, tough, tough to watch first half, at least for me. Uh, but the Black and Red escaped with a point in Group C, and, and they're still very much alive as four third-place finishing teams are going to move on to the next round here in the MLS's back tournament. And uh, and then they're not out of the top two spots in this group. But, yeah, here they, we are. They're definitely leaving it late. Um, I, there's a lot of lot to take from, from this game, and I think we'll get to that. But just, just a quick peek forward, it looks like DC United have to win against Montreal to get through, or yeah. at least at least take a point, and then maybe we get a wild card. But uh, I, I don't think that's where you want to be two games into a tournament. We have teams that are already through Columbus, uh, and I think another team are already guaranteed through uh, Orlando, of all teams. Uh, In Philly. Yeah. Uh, and so... We can't change that, and so let's let's talk about what how we got here and, and and focus on what we can do to go forward. Yeah, so let's 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 talk about the start of tonight's game. But we we got to go really an hour pregame because I think we were all surprised to see uh, up top Eric Sorga getting the start instead of Ola Kamara and Kamara we didn't see at all tonight, um, which is something I'm really looking forward to finding out uh, from Ben tonight. Of was there. Did he pick up a knock? He he was in. I want to say the eighteen, but what is it? The twenty one nowadays. Twenty. <laughs> he was he was in the game day roster. It's the fifty six. That's, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like it's like American football. Um, but Sorga up top. Um, we talked a little bit at, at the end of last week's show. Um, Kanaus moved into defensive midfield, which I I what what did you guys think of Kanaus's run out tonight? I thought he looked a lot more comfortable. Um, I think. I mean, it was interesting, though. You were mentioning that he did um, an interview, what was it, with filibusters? It was, yeah. Um, and he said that he had been, you know, mentally getting ready the entire quarantine to be at, um, you know, a defensive position. Camp. Yeah, and then he comes in in center, center mid. And I think, you know, it, it took a couple minutes. You could see at the beginning of the half that he didn't look, you know, quite comfortable. But I think he slid into it pretty well. And I think he opened up Felipe to make a lot more of those like tackles and to get forward a little bit more. I, and I have a problem with that, that, that he was planning only to play it right back. We know how good he is in the middle of the field. Uh, uh, you're an injury or maybe a game time or game situation away from playing that D mid spot again. And that comes from the coach. It's not, I'm not faulting Russell for, yeah. for wanting I mean, to be good at this position that he's never played before. Really. I'm not necessarily faulting Ben for that either. Like if, if you think he's going to be your starting guy, I don't fault him for like preparing for that. I think that really speaks to Canals and you know, his versatility and being able to play multiple positions and be the first pick in multiple positions. You don't assume that Moore is going to go out with a red card in the first game. Um, but you know, we also have fish back. We have Odietzen back. Like we have people back who can slide into those. And you also don't know, you know, for the entire quarantine, you don't know what their fitness is going to be like coming into these games. So you don't know if you're depending on those guys or if they're even going to be ready to play. So like, I'm not mad that that was his yeah. mindset going in, but I think he did really well with that adjustment. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Russell Canals is one of those guys. We, he's obviously a friend of the show. We really like him on the field. He brings an energy out there, but you, I want him to be the third choice uh, at, at outside back, right? Like I want him to be behind, be behind Fish and, and Aduyashim in that role. And I think now with fitness being where it is, um, you know, both of those guys are healthy. I think that's probably the case. And now you have to wonder, um, 
is he going to, you know, once Moreno comes back, and I didn't see any additional suspension, so Moreno should be available on Friday. Um, does he does does he push Moreno out of I the starting like, lineup? Or I does, feel like we're a little bit talking around the fact that this her first half was really awful, y'all, and I, I feel like we do need I, to kind I, of I was trying to avoid it, it Sam. I think but, we're trying know. to go through the, the, <laughs> the lineup changes. Uh, I, I tweeted out a poll before the game, and I was like, hey, guys, what do you think? Who do you think is going to make the, the make the biggest at impact as a change? And a lot of people were looking to Sorga to make a change, but a lot of people were also looking at Fisher, and I think he kind of delivered on that. He was yeah. up and down that side. I think he got a little gassed because he maybe overexerted himself a little bit. It's for his first start, I think, since the injury in 2018. I thought he played well, but compared compared to the rest of the team, the team looked sloppy. They looked like they were rushing it almost nervous again maybe they know that they need points to go through or or they have a chip on their shoulder people are watching now after the scuffle with toronto and you know the result they pulled out after that i i did not like what i saw and sam's put it in the show notes that joshua's negativity through the first 20 minutes was maybe because a little I don't bit think undeserved. We played horribly like it's not i think yeah. that i mean just object like i don't have the stats on this but it it subjectively looked like New England had less shots on goal and less opportunities in the first half than Toronto did, especially that first 20 minutes. I felt like maybe New England had more of the possession, but it looks like they were playing a lot more in the middle third, you know, maybe skewing towards the uh, DC United defensive side, but it looked like we were keeping them really outside our 18, which is already an improvement from Toronto because it just felt like we were absorbing shot after shot after shot, which is kind of what led to both of Toronto's goals. So I thought that we were doing pretty well and at least keeping them further down the field. And we did have really great bouts of possession. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't the best like half by DC United, I will say, you know, I, I wish that they had been able to press a little bit more. We looked like we were a little bit clueless in um, the final attacking third, but I don't think it was an, awful awful first half i think i'll challenge you just a little bit sam on 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 good bouts of possession i think that was one of the things we were griping about a little bit was that we couldn't really maintain a lot we, we had a couple we created a couple of decent chances but one of the things the three of us finally getting to watch a game together again in person uh one of the things we talked about a lot was in defense particularly at the beginning of the game it was it was really up until the first water break it was a, a panicked clear the ball right. kind of yeah. mentality right yeah. and 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 i think one, I think the coaching staff called that out and corrected it at the water break because it was it was pretty apparent afterwards that they were much more comfortable taking a touch, moving the ball out, and 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 actually trying to sustain some possession in that third. Um, but that that was one of the challenges for me at the beginning. They they were almost playing as if they were defending a lead from the beginning of the game, and and you know we'll, we'll get to what happened later in the game. But Twelman said at one point, you know, DC United fans got to be wondering how does it take going down. You know, to to finally have a spark of life, and it was like, yeah, no kidding. Like they they looked like they were defending for their lives at the beginning of the game, uh, and and it was still zero zero. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It looked like, at least in the first half, that they were trying to get the ball away from them as soon as possible. And then once they got the ball up the field, because they did a decent job of getting the ball up the field, and as Herbert's saying, th- there was just no creativity. It, it looked like we had four players in attack. I'm I'm not sure who was playing striker all game. Um, and players yeah. were just passing the ball sideways and backwards. It, I mean, that's been my criticism of DC United for a very long time is that we don't have like a striker. And this is where um, we'll go back to like, 
why isn't Kamara playing? Why isn't Boateng playing? Like, we just don't have a striker who's hungry for goals. And then that, that creates that we don't have that outlet going forward. So we have to kind of pass throughout the midfield, which you did see. But then once we got to that final attacking third, we really looked clueless because we don't have someone who's naturally able to, like, make those darting runs in or to hold up the ball and kind of pass it wide. Like, you just didn't see that. You don't see that, like, hunger of someone making those really offensive runs. We did see it in the second half, though, when Higuain came on the ball. He was... Yeah, uh, he did exactly what you talked about, and I, I don't want to draw comparisons, but Columbus has that, and I can't pronounce it, Zelik Tyrene, or something like that. He he, he's a new DP signing for them, same position as Flores, just two million dollars more than Flores, and he has that control of the game where he gets on the ball and he dictates it from there. We don't really have that going forward. And that's what I was gonna say. You know, was it that we needed to go down a goal, or was it Uriin needed to go down? Because it yeah. was about 18 minutes in between, but like Uriin comes on the field and it's phenomenal. We're live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And if you'd like to get involved with the show, uh, tweet at us using the, the hashtag Tried and True DCU. Or uh, if you'd like to shoot us a text message, you can do that uh, on our call-in line here. And, of course, our phone is locking in the middle of the segment. Um, but we can also interact with us live uh, on YouTube Live. We've got a couple folks uh, jumping in here uh, with some good points. Uh, Herbert says that there's just a, a real lack of creativity, which I think is definitely true, especially until Iguain comes on. Uh, and Carlos says Flores doesn't look comfortable. And, boy, that was was our chat at halftime amongst the three of us is – what what do we do with Edison Flores? I mean, th- he's obviously got talent. He doesn't look comfortable out there for sure. And, you know, they talked a little bit on the broadcast, and, and I think it's a great point. Is he out of position as a 10? And if he is, boy, I don't know what this team does in the middle of the field. What are your guys' thoughts on Edison Flores? Uh, when he was playing Liga Mackey and for the Peruvian national team, he plays left wing or center attacking. Uh, he played more center attacking in Liga Mackey, which is a – a league on par with MLS and he scored goals and provided assists there. It looks like, I, I don't know if he's, I, I go back to when Lucho came to DC United, Ben eased him into the system, a very few minutes, uh, kind of taught him how to play in MLS first. And then, all right, now you know how to play in the league. Now you know how to play in our system. Now you bring that flair. Uh, so maybe we're just waiting to see that maybe once he gets comfortable, I mean, he's, he's, four games in now which is not a lot um but yeah we we need to see more more of the flair there yeah i mean i don't know i kind of want to bring us back to the game and like what did y'all think about new england's goal and then um dc united's ability it came in the 50th minute it came right after we came back from uh halftime what did y'all think about that breakdown it was tough for me i mean obviously i I, I think I said to you guys when it happened, like, I guess, I guess I'm just becoming much more of a world soccer fan at this point, but I saw the goal go in and it's like, boy, that's often gnarly deflection. There's just not a whole lot you can do there. Um, so I, I immediately was like, that's a tough goal and, and there's not much you can do to stop it. So you got to, you got you to pull one back here. That was my reaction. But I, Sam, I know you, you felt differently about I it. I did feel differently because it was off a pretty bad um, deflection, but also he was, unmarked excuse me not for not knowing but number nine on new england was completely unmarked in the box and you know assuming they just get the cross off and he gets the header in anyway like someone's got to be marking him and honestly it was Birnbaum who was a couple steps in front of him and i think he was a little bit going towards like helping to close down the ball and then he had to shift a little bit and turn around um but he was completely unmarked so it doesn't really matter if it's a deflection or not you can't have somebody standing in your six yard box with nobody on them 
Yeah, and, and now that we've got our technology finally working here in the studio, uh, the text line is 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6DCU. And we'll open that up uh, for calls here right after right after the break. But we want to finish going through the game here uh, to start. Uh, Joshua, your thoughts? Man, I, I think... I'm reading the comments because I, I, I want to see what other people are thinking as well. And, and I agree that I think if Higuain has Higuain has the legs, he could go all 90. We look a completely different team after after the goal. We we dominated possession, or it felt like we were dominating possession compared to what what we were doing before. And we really set a tone. And then Higuain came in, and we were, we were challenging them. We were almost dictating the games at certain places. And I, I really... I really want that for DCU. I, I think it makes a difference. I think if, so, they, if they don't get that deflection and they don't score a goal, maybe DC United doesn't control the game like that. Or maybe they were waiting until later in the game to try to do that. But I, I think we need to do that for 90 minutes. And I, I don't know what the solution is here. Maybe it's Iguain. So what do we think um, is the solution? Like, is Iguain the solution? It looks like we have a comment from Rich here um, who's really saying, you know, Iguain does bring the team forward, but his goal wasn't necessarily, like, stunning. So what do you think his role is in the team? Well, I, from my perspective, right, I, I think it's less about the what the goals look like and, and you know, just, just the, the – total change of composure that the team has when he's out there um I, I was thrilled to see him come on I, I worry a little bit about can he do 90 minutes I mean I, I I joke but like I think players in their prime are struggling to put in 90 minutes in these devastating Orlando you know summers it's it's miserable out there and you, you look at I mean the jerseys are completely soaked from the first whistle right um so I I don't know but if 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 Pippa can go a full 90 you know you do wonder, do you, do you start him at the 10 and then you kick Flores out wide? At this point, I mean, Gressel's got to stay in. I thought Yamil Assad had an absolute just shambolic performance tonight. I don't it know was awful. Guys. Yeah, that's another comment is that, you know, Higuain, he does make a great sub. Don't wear him out. And, you know, we do see he does bring like a calm, cool, collected presence into the lineup. And I think that both goals that he's had in this tournament have been very experienced goals. You know, going back to Toronto, that chip, it's very easy to like get overexcited about having that breakaway and over chip that. And then again, for his second goal tonight, like I think it was so great that he was really pressuring the defense. And then he, you know, um, he intercepts that pass and, you know, he, he out dribbles the goalie. He puts it in, you know, it was a little light for me. Like I kind of wish he'd put a little bit more pace on that. It made me a little anxious, but I think again, like you see his composure and his experience because someone else maybe like overshoots that or accidentally hits it wide, but Iguain's really coming in and he knows what he's doing. And as you know, he mentioned on when we had him on the show, you know, he's really seeing this as an opportunity to prove himself again. And I think that he is doing it. And I do love that he um, is coming in as that sub and like almost bringing new life into the team. I think the team looks different if they have a striker on the field for most of the game. Uh, Sorga, did his best I I was encouraged to see him play against Miami I thought he did well there I don't think he did well in this game I I feel like he was out of sync his, his passes weren't as measured as they needed to be and then he came off and Segura came on right and you guys know my thoughts on Segura I think he's I mean he originally started at D mid for DC United and I don't know if he I don't know why Olsen puts him everywhere on the field um and then we just he, he's got he's got the grit right he's, he's he's got the grit that Ben likes and and I think that's why he's out there so much he's running players down he's getting in the way but yeah he, he's not he's not a game changer he scores player. occasionally and, and he'll put a ball in occasionally but I, he's not a player you can build off of 
like I was hoping to see Kamara. You guys have called me out on it. We were supposed to see 20 goals from him for the season and, and maybe a few in this tournament. Uh, but I, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's injured. Uh, maybe Ben doesn't trust him. Maybe Sorga outplayed him in, in practice. I have no idea. But yeah, I think that's one of the things we're really hoping to ask Ben tonight. I don't know if we'll have a chance to do it, but I'm sure one of the other beat writers will. Um, we, we do want to let you guys know uh, what the rest of the show is going to look like here. Um, we are going to hear from Russell Canals, Stephen Birnbaum, uh, and head coach Ben Olson here in the postgame press conferences, which will carry live here again on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Um, but before we throw it to break, um, you know, kind of final thoughts on how that game wrapped up. There were a couple more subs. Um, our boy Kevin Paredes came into the game, put in a good shift. Um, I don't think this this referee was very good tonight. Oh, my God. Um, I'll just, I guess <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I, I think I told you guys early, I, I read somewhere online this week that it was perhaps his first time as a center ref or one of his first times and it certainly looked like it which i think you could see even on the broadcast you cut to ben who's complaining rightfully so i think about how we had a potential breakaway off a throw-in and he called it back because we maybe moved up five extra yards yeah. which is like ridiculous if you look at all the throw-ins that are taken across this tournament like the 10 15 yards that people push um so yes i think it was ridiculous i think he gave out a couple of really easy yellows i think he missed a couple of like really big calls that might be my bias coming in because obviously I wanted him to be calling more for DC United but I just I don't know that he showed the best performance tonight Uh, but just going back to DC United in general like as I think I mentioned before I think we just lacked and I think Joshua mentioned it too some of our fans say we just lacked that creativity in the final third and it didn't look like we really knew how to get it done um, and, you know, we were getting there. We had really good spouts of possession and we had creativity kind of in the middle third. But once we got up to the final third, it didn't really look like anybody was willing to, you know, do that little creative touch, the creative pass, you know, the through ball that's going to get someone in. Someone's going to make that creative run in the box. It just didn't look like we had that. And I don't I don't know how to fix that because that's a. I feel like that's a really innate thing. And I just don't know that we have that player. Yeah, my, my thoughts are, are the same thoughts I've had for uh, for over a season or, or so is I want to see a pattern of play from this team. I want a way to score goals. Ben has a pattern to defend goals. He puts D-mids in front of a, a solid back four, and they mostly keep the one, they keep the goals at least under one. They were the best defensive team in the, in the league last season. But that doesn't win you games. It, may, it might win championships, but you need to score the goals as well. And we just don't have a pattern. Maybe that's because we have so many new players in. Maybe that's because we have injuries potentially to Kamara. But I'm not satisfied from two points through two games. I, I hope we see something different against Montreal. Yeah, no, for sure. And and we miss we miss Paul Ariola too on this yeah. team. I mean, I don't think you can understate it and, and we're glad to see that he, he had cleats on this week in a tweet which was was exciting and hopefully <laughs> he's getting closer and closer to uh to maybe a return later yeah. this season. But I agree with you, two points through two games, um, not where we wanna be, but potentially the games got easier throughout the group. We'll talk a little bit about Montreal coming up. Um, Let's throw it to break. Uh, We want to take your calls here on our next segment, so we'll plan to do that. Um, But for now, we'll throw it to break here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Fine. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match.
Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. We're back here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And we've just taken you through our thoughts of tonight's game, but we, we really want to hear from you. Uh, you can interact with the show using the hashtag Tried and True DCU by jumping in the YouTube live chat uh, or by sending us a text or giving us a call uh, on our show line. Periscope. You can call Periscope, on too. That's right. Sam's checking out the Periscope. You can interact with us in, in limitless ways here on <laughs> Tried and True. Uh, but the text and call in line is 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6DCU. And so if you've got thoughts on tonight's game, tonight's performance, tonight's point against the revolution here in Group C, uh, we want to hear from you, so, so let us know your thoughts. Um, guys, let's talk a little bit about, you know, where is this team right now? Um, John Liang on Twitter wants to know what area of preseason is this team in right now? And it's a good question. It's that, that feels sort of like where we're at right now. It's, it's, you know, we talked earlier about in, in a normal world without COVID-19, we'd be in March right now with this game. It would have been the fourth <laughs> game of the season. Right. Um, so where do you guys think this team is at on its way to, to, to getting, you know, full speed? This is the second game of the tournament, second game of preseason for DC United. I, I feel like that's the kind of energy I watch them almost every preseason to see what the team looks like, and that's what they look like right now. They look like a bunch of good players who have grit and speed and determination, but they don't have the continuity and creativity to really put teams away. And, and we've seen DC United get there a few times in the season. Like I said last time I was on the show, like they get hot sometimes, but they're not right now. They they don't have that that chemistry or something and and it might be because we're missing key players obviously you want Kamara and Ariola starting uh, obviously we have new players Flores Gressel Assad is back now and that, that's a lot so I, I almost want to ask you guys because we've seen across the tournament some some upsets like Atlanta's bombed out they have an injury but other teams Seattle too, has too Seattle yeah. the the cup champ the champions that 
they've struggled. So should we be hard on DC United for for not doing well? Or I, I mean, I, I I think it's interesting that John frames it as like we'd be in March. It's our second game, but you know, it's really our our first game because or our second game, excuse me, because we are four months without playing a game. So I understand that like within league standings, this is the fourth game, but it really feels like it's just the second game of the season. And I think I, I said this on a previous pod, but I mean, just simply looking at like the middle of our field, you have Gressel, Flores and Assad, and they were not on our team last season. So, you know, I didn't feel like we were making so many moves in the off season, but I think we really did bring on a whole bunch of new key players who are, you know, seeing time on the field, you know, Iguain, another one that we mentioned, um, you know, earlier in the show that who's really making a difference on the field he was not a part of DC United. He's actually coming off injury and we weren't sure, you know, how much playing time he'd get. And we're starting to see that in the tournament, but it is really interesting that, you know, we can see that these guys are just getting used to playing with one another and they're just getting used to, you know, really understanding how to work within a game because you can do, you know, you can have three a days every single day for a month, but until you really play in that game atmosphere against another team, it, it brings a whole new element to what you're doing and we're seeing them figure it out on the field. Yeah, and we're about 20 or 25 minutes away uh, from the post-game press conferences. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to hear from Russell Canal, Stephen Birnbaum, uh, and Ben Olson. Um, so, of course, if you've got questions for those guys, um, feel free to let us know as well uh, using the hashtag Tried and True DCU or in any of the chats, YouTube, Periscope. Uh, we'll hook it up. Um, or, of course, you can text the show uh, or, or join the show live um, on our new call-in line, 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6DCU. Yeah, so we do have a question um, coming here. Thoughts on starting Iguain at the start of the second half? What do you all think? Start of the second half, I'm for. I'm seeing, I'm seeing people you on I was YouTube. About to say start of the game. Yeah, I was too. I was like, oh, I don't know what this like. People on YouTube are saying, saying start him the starting eleven, and he's got the quality. And I completely agree with the want. It's not a quality question, right? To ha- no, absolutely. I think I still think people has he's shown he's still where he was at before his injury. He's one of the better players in this league, at least from what we've seen. And I want him on the field. I I I think I could go for the forty five minutes. If if he can go for 45 minutes. Yeah, I think it's really a question of how much he can go. And, you know, he was on our show and he, he really described that drive of wanting to be on the field. You know, we had a previous question about seeing Iguain as a coach and we were totally prepared to ask him about that. But he did not want to talk about being a player coach. He is super excited to be on the field and be making an impact. And he is making that impact. Yeah, maybe he Absolutely. knew he had those goals left. Him because <laughs> he, he clearly does. Um there were two things he did not want to talk about that night in that press conference. It was being a player coach, and and it was about Columbus, right? Because you right. could tell he, he, he loves he loves. And Columbus, I even but said, he's so know, happy to be here. But and he's such, you know, it seems like he's such a humble player because part of what we asked, like you said, is you know, like you scored a bunch of goals for Columbus, and he's like, no, 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 that wasn't me. Like you know, I'm the behind the scenes guy. I'm not the one who's scoring a bunch of goals and. I was like, I mean, he's been in our face in this tournament, though, right? But I mean, he's scoring all the goals in this tournament, exactly. So I love seeing him on the field for DC United. I think he he brings such an energy and such a drive on the field that you don't see prior to. And you know, maybe that is. I think that's part just part of who he is as a player. I will say maybe some of that has to do with the fact that the other players on the field have been, you know, sweating and sweating and sweating and sweating and sweating for sixty plus minutes. It's so hot and so humid. So maybe that's part of the energy that he brings on is that he's just fresh legs and a crazy hard atmosphere. But I mean, I, I would love to see him get all the minutes that he can. And I am not behind the scenes. So I don't know what that looks like. Look, I, 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 I feel a little bit biased here. I said before the tournament in our preview that I would 
want to see and that I thought I would see Pipa getting 120 minutes in this tournament. I think he's at 40 right now, so maybe he needs <laughs> he needs to start for me to for my you know wish to come true. But uh, I don't know. I still think there's a I still think DC United have a great shot to come out of this group. You know, I, I think I think Montreal's beatable. Um, you know, when, when you're evaluating either Montreal or Toronto, you have to throw out the game in which they play each other, which is always just bananas. Like, you can't <laughs> – that game – It was wild. And it, it, it always is, right? Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Um, but I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, Montreal's beatable. Um, but but they have no points right now. So, but I, I guess what I what I don't understand, you know, we've we've talked so much about Pippa because he's he's been the heart and soul of this team in this tournament. But why can't we get more of an attack going before he comes on? Right? I mean, Flores was the signing of the of the off season, you know, for this team really between him and Gressel. Um, I, I've been less than impressed with both of them so far. You know, Assad coming back, we 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 like the kid, but. As I said earlier, he had not a good game he had tonight. A rough so the midfield has been a struggle so until I, Pippa comes on. Man, does that makes you question: Is it the player or the system they're coming into, or is it a chemistry thing? Uh, Pippa is thriving in this, but both his goals were. Uh, I'll give credit for the first one. I think it's a little weird that he was able to split those two defenders that high up the pitch, but the second one was a little fluky. Uh, is it the system in which Ben Olsen has these players coming into that, that he can't be creative and can't create goals? Who's he? Uh, the players. Uh, everyone. Olsen. Yes. Insert okay. player name here. Yeah. <laughs> and, everyone can and, be creative. Insert the longer, laundry list of players okay. that, that, that John just brought up. I, we just said we were disappointed. And I agree with you. Assad was not good enough tonight. Gressel was not good enough. He was obviously frustrated most of the game. He was very frustrated tonight. Yeah. I will uh, say Felipe came out and he was making some pretty key, key tackles. And I think... I Felipe's been a stud again. Yeah, uh, and I but think part Felipe of that fits the mold for Ben Olsen, does. doesn't he? He yeah. does. Yeah. And, yeah. I said, and I said that when they signed him, right? <laughs> of like, you know, he he was a guy that I don't think any DC United fan liked, and I, I still think there's a large part of this fan base that Absolutely. doesn't like Felipe. But you know, when when they sign him, it's like, oh yeah, this guy fits a fits a Ben Olsen. And team he for has sure. like embraced it, and he's like, I'm DC United now. He's done so much to try to connect with the fans because I think he knows he has that really like rough personality and that rough, you know, everyone around him around the league, you know, just views him as a dirty player, but he's really embraced DC United. And I've really appreciated that. Absolutely. Um, but he, he did the work tonight. He was making some key tackles. I think he was more comfortable having another, you know, solid defensive midfielder with him. So he felt like he could ex- maybe explore the field a little bit and go in a little harder. I, I do want to go back to Flores for, for just a second, because I, I think we're giving him a hard time. And, and I, I know we're giving him a hard time, but <laughs> he didn't have a ton of touches. tonight. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know that was something that they talked about on ESPN tonight night was he, he didn't get nearly enough touches to be successful and, and you wonder if part of that is because he wasn't doing much with the ball part of it was that we didn't have any possession to really create or really you know try to work through the middle but um something's got to change with, with Edison Flores whether it's where he's at getting him the ball more moving him out wide but this is not working and, and I think it was it was a bit of a problem before the pandemic hit but you know we all kind of were like look the guy's new he's new to the league it's going to take some time. Um, we're four games in now, maybe two in the tournament, right? But but at what point do we really start to ask some questions about Flores, and, and is he getting pushed for minutes by Iguain? Yes, he is getting pushed for minutes by Iguain, product on the field-wise. Uh, as far as you got to take in considerations the future of this team. Pipa is 
a Band-Aid. And DC United has done well finding Band-Aids in this league with Espindola and Rolf and players like that. And that's what Pipa is here. He's low risk, high reward. And we're getting that high reward now. But Flores is the future. And I would hope that DC United don't find a flop on the record-breaking transfer fee. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, the, the guy, the number 10 for Columbus, the guy who replaced Pipa, was $7 million. Only $2 million more th than Flores, and he has score, scored or contributed in at least seven goals. Uh, and Columbus are flying around before it. Maybe Flores clicks literally next game, and that's us. Right. Uh, but and, and don't get me wrong. I, I don't I – don't, at least I'm not calling for Flores to be benched or anything like that. I no. just – I think it's got to be a bit of a wake-up call, not only to him but to the coaching staff, that it's not working right now. Maybe um, – Maybe Ariola comes back and he has an option to cut in because I think that was the problem. That's why he didn't have the ball in the first half for me is the ball was wide with Assad and Gressel, and, and they're different kind of wingers. Gressel's going to stay out wide and whip in crosses, and Assad's going to try to dribble in from the end line, but that doesn't give Flores the ball with room to work, and I think they need to work on that and getting Flores in good spots to shoot. Everyone needs to shoot more. Flat out. I, I think we yeah. we were at halfway, half chances that we could have maybe tried to get a second ball on or something like that. But So so we do have a text here on our text line. And, of course, um, if I can get rid of the TikTok ad on the screen right now, which is <laughs> obnoxious, you can join the show uh, by text or, or by giving us a call at 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6DCU. We have a text here from Donald asking, why is our team insistent on never running on the break? Every time we have numbers going forward, well, we stop and hold up play. It's so frustrating. And, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I don't know. I also wish that they didn't do that. Um, I a little bit wonder if that's the game plan. I a little bit wonder if that's, um, you know, people just not being confident. As I said um, a little bit prior in the show, we don't have – that instinctual striker I don't think DC United has had that in a very long time someone who just goes at the goal and instinctually like knows how to put a shot on goal and put a ball in the back of the net um, so I think that when we do have someone running you know uh, unless it's Iguain against Toronto apparently you know people want to hold up play and they want to kind of build up as a team and I think that's just a little bit about how they're probably coached right right no the, yeah. this team is set up to defend with six or more and then Hit on the, not even hit on the counter. So we've seen this across MLS. These are how these these lower teams, as far as caliber and, and status in the league, are winning is because they, they will defend and then break really, really fast. And DC United defends really well and then breaks halfway up the field and then the, you see a negative pass, one side-to-side side or backwards. And that just ruins all that momentum. You don't get a run at the defender's. You can drag the Omar Gonzalez's of this league up and down the pitch and beat them every time. And, and I don't know why DC United doesn't do that. I a little bit wonder if that's the at, the atmosphere in Orlando when every team is struggling with like the heat and the humidity. So I, I don't say this as an excuse, but just thinking back um, to like the DC United of the first two games, the DC United of last season, I feel like you do have that one player who's just streaking down the field and like, I feel like that was our criticism last season was that there was only one player in the attack and nobody was up there helping him. And it was one player who was trying to like break on the attack and get that goal. And now 
you know, maybe our criticism was heard or, you know, a tape was reviewed and, you know, they're like, okay, well, let's hold the ball up and let the rest of the team come up the field and, you know, really try to build that attack. But that also seems not to be working, right? I think that's a player issue there. And we saw Pipa do it well. I, I, he would take some half steps and let the lines behind him catch up and then there would be play from there. You're right. We, we If you're going to do that, you need to execute it well. And I think we have the players with the talent to do it. I, I don't want to see one-man islands like we saw last last season with, with Wayne up by himself trying to shoot. Or, when or, he was up by himself. Right. I, I don't hate these tactics if and when we have the lead, which, by the way, we haven't had in this tournament. But it, if, if we have the lead, I actually think DC United is fairly well positioned to defend a, le- a lead. If, right, the, if the, they the back line's solid. The 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 style of play fits that. But I mean, what do you guys think expected goals were? Because I, I am looking at it here. It took me a second uh, to find it. Oh, DC United for tonight. Uh, it, it's not great on either account. Is it less? Than, it's less than one. It's less than one for for both sides. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, DC United maybe less than half then. Close. So point six four uh, for DC United and point eight nine for New England. That's according to Info Goal, but. <laughs> what do you do, right? I mean, because because they're not, they're not creating much going forward, but they're doing a great job of defending, and so it it does raise the question of was the game plan to be fairly defensive and just you know hope you kind of score on a counter? I think okay. Yeah, I, think I mean, it was a fluke goal in in my mind for for New England, so so that that works, but like it was more of a fluke goal for DC United, right? But I feel like that has been DC United's game plan, right? Like we had one of the best defense in the league last season, and I feel like we rely on that. We rely on a really strong defense. We rely on Bill being like unstoppable in the back line and he did have a bunch of really good saves today but we rely on him just being able to stop all the balls and then moving it up as a team and someone getting a counter and scoring a goal um, which is frustrating when we don't get as many counters and I think that we just need I don't know I think that as a as a group right now we're saying that we're frustrated when it's just one person pressing but then we're frustrated when we stop and let the rest of the team catch up so I feel like we just need to be quicker and have a little bit more we need to have more like pressure going forward. We need to have more like will to go forward and uh, confidence. I think I have the solution. If we played like we were down when we were when it was zero zero, we would score a goal and be up, and then we could play like it's play zero like zero <laughs> and, and defensively, <laughs> and, and we would have won. Yeah, but which is so interesting because I have been like very vocally critical of this team because of like very recent history you know we go down a goal and the entire team like shoulders are slumped we don't have that leader who's going to pick up the team you know we go down another goal you know and then it takes like 20 30 minutes and then the team is like finally pressing in the final minutes of the half which is usually of the (laughs) second half um and that's when we kind of push for the goal but something that we've heard time and time again from this team just being down at this tournament both in like the post-game press conference we aired last uh, on Monday, um, the pre-game press conference, a lot of the videos that have come out from DC United is just that the mentality of this team is so strong. Everybody's saying it. And I feel like I was looking for it. So maybe that's why I noticed it a little bit more in this game. But, you know, we went down. But, you know, we did have like a couple minutes of just like scrappy, you know, like just clear the ball out of the box, just get it up, just go. But we were more calm, I think. We were. We did get back to possessing the ball it's maybe not what we wanted you know it wasn't like the very high attacking pressure that we wanted but it was possessing the ball and trying to move it up and you know swinging it back around which I think is their their game plan so maybe it's not as fans what we want to see of the team but of what Ben was coaching I think that their mentality 
is that they can come back and they can get these goals and we, like we've seen that in this right like obviously yeah. we don't have that win and we really want that win but we have seen that this is a team that can come back which we haven't seen in the past yeah, it, it's, it's not a broken side they've got a strong mentality they've just they've got to figure out a way to get on the board first and, and more frequently and and we're just a couple minutes uh, away now from being joined uh in their post-game press conferences by russell canals Stephen Birnbaum and, and head coach Ben Olson. But um, if, if you'd like to share your thoughts on what DC United have to do now, uh, not just what they should do, but what they have to do to get three points against Montreal in advance uh, to the round of 16, please let us know. You can join the show live by giving us a call at 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6DCU. And, of course, you can continue to send the tweets in using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU uh, or jump on uh, – the youtube live chat but joshua you're you're indicating to me here that we should probably award a man of the match <laughs> i I'm guess a... do you want to go first oh, I, <laughs> I i feel better about this man of the match than last man of the match i know i wasn't here for you guys but that was it was an ugly game uh, i don't think brilliant i didn't know the team gave it to him but i don't know about that uh by the way tonight uh the team did give it to uh federico Equine. and i think because he scored the goal uh, goals. He did, in fact, score the goal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to give it to Pipa, but not because not not just because of the goal. The goal is huge, and it gets us a point and keeps us alive in this group, which is uh, everything right now, right? But also, he changed the game when he came on. Yeah, so it, it looks like uh, we may have Russell Canals uh, at the podium now, adjusting his face mask. So let's go ahead and go live uh, to Russell Canals for your patience. Russell, thanks for joining us. We're going to take as many questions as we can. Once again, raise your hands if you have one. Everyone should know the protocol by now, but if you don't, there's a little raise hand button on your Zoom screen. Push that. I will unmute you, allow you to speak, and then Russell will answer your question. We got Russell for about 10 minutes, so we'll try to get through as many as we can. First question is going to come from Stephen Goff, Washington Post. Steve, go ahead. Hey, Russ. Thanks for doing this. Hey, Steve. Uh, so your uh, your thoughts of getting into a hole again, um, falling behind, and and what it took to battle back. Obviously, it was a bit of a gift for the equalizer, but um, certainly not the, the best situation to be in um, at that point in the match. Yeah, it's it's definitely frustrating going down another goal. Um, I wouldn't say their goal was uh, as great as ours either. Um, you know they. They got a little luck on that goal. I'd, I'd like to definitely take that back. It's frustrating going down, down one zero and having to fight um, from behind again. But there again, there's a there's a big belief in this team, a good mentality. Um, people coming in to provide that spark for us is awesome. Um, a little bit frustrated with the result. I wish we could have got more more from the game, but you know the mentality was there to keep playing and, and not dig ourselves into a bigger hole. It's it's definitely frustrating though, like you said. Thanks, Russ. Once yep. again, raise your hand if you have a question for him. Next one, we're going to go to Jason Anderson, Black and Red United. Jason, go ahead. Hi, Russell. Thanks for doing this. Uh, it seemed like at halftime, the the energy from both teams kind of lifted. Was there something, at least on DC United side, was there something that changed uh, to make that happen? Uh, I think at halftime, you can find time to regroup, find out what you didn't do so well as a team. And then uh, regroup as a team and go out and uh, 
and compete, find a better second half. I think that's, we were able to find a couple adjustments and, and build on what we didn't do well in the, in the first half. Uh, we figured that out at halftime, just finding numbers around the ball a little bit more, um, keeping the ball a little bit better once we got into their half. You know, I think halftime itself provides that. And then obviously the water breaks give you a little little break to then go out and, and work work again. Um, definitely a better second half. Uh, we can build on that, but still there's times where we, where we need to be better as a team. Thanks, Russ. Next question, Jimena Lugo, Washington Times. Go right ahead. Good evening, Russell. Uh, did the New England Revolution do something that took you by surprise or was everything under the plan in practice? Um, I think I think we understood how they were going to play coming into this. Uh, their, their attacking group provided a, a challenge, a lot of movement from all four of them. Um, I think for the most part, we dealt with it. A couple of times we fell asleep and, and were a little, a little out of position, which which created them, uh, gave, gave them a couple opportunities that we didn't, um, that caught us off guard a bit. But I think for the most part, we prepared well for this game. Um, still a little frustrating not coming out and, and, you know, getting the result we want. But I think we were prepared. I thought the coaching staff did a pretty good job in the, in the short turnaround. Uh, we focused a lot on Toronto with those eight days, probably a week, a week and a half. Um, so the short turnaround from that game to New England, I felt pretty, pretty comfortable with with them and knowing them from the past, how they played. Thanks, Russ. I'm going to pause for a moment. I don't see any hands risen. If you have a question for Russell, raise your hand and we'll get to it. If not, we'll let Russell get back so he can shower. So I'll pause for just 10 seconds here. Great, Russell. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. That's DC United's Russell Canals uh, joining us live in his post-game press conference. And coming up, we're still expecting to hear from Steven Birnbaum um, and head coach Ben Olsen. So, um, and actually, it looks like it looks like we're moving through very quickly tonight. Uh, Birnbaum's getting situated now, so let's send you back uh, to the press room. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Awesome. Everyone, same thing. Raise your hand if you have a question for Steve. We'll start off with uh, Stephen Goff, Washington Post. Steve, go ahead. Hey, Steve. How uh, after two draws, um, how do you feel now about going into this last match, um, knowing that you've got to get some sort of result uh, to get through to the knock knockout round, preferably a, a victory? Yeah, I think it's uh, you know it's good for us. You know, we control our own fate right now. Um, so if we win, we're in. And, uh, you know, we, we, we got to get something out of this game. And, and I think we know that. And, you know, our backs are against the wall right now. And, um, you know, we said from the beginning, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And, um, you know, it was nice to pick up another point in this game. Obviously, a win would have would have been great. Um, but, you know, going down a goal like that was tough. And and it was a good resiliency from the guys to, to at least get a point from this game. But, um, you know, we're not... Not happy with it, but you know we're we're looking forward to Montreal now. It's a quick turnaround, I think three days, and and uh, you know to get a, a win there, then we can move on to the next round. That's the biggest thing. Thanks, Steve. Once again, reminder to raise your hand if you have a question. Next one will be coming from Jason Anderson, Black and Red United. Jason, go ahead. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking the time. 
Um, it seemed like in the first half, both teams really had some trouble getting going. Was that just down to, at least from DC's side, you know, the, the heavily compressed schedule, or was that maybe part of the plan to sort of slow things down in the first half and then get it going after halftime? No, that, that, that wasn't the plan for us. Um, I think it was just a poor, um, first half from us. I think, uh, we had to do a better job of, um, keeping the ball. I felt like once we got the ball, we tried to look forward and tried to break, you know, their back line every time we got it, which, um, you know, most of the times we lost the ball. And so we were, um, you know, just kind of giving the ball away too many times and, and we couldn't, uh, keep possession. And we, you know, I think we did a better job in the second half at, you know, kind of, keeping the ball and sawing their legs off. And, you know, that's when we keep our, uh, catch our breath is to, you know, when we have the ball. So um, we didn't do a good job of that in the first half. And I think the guys are going to, you know, we'll look at the tape and, and see it and, you know, realize that on many of the times where we got into their half, we should have just circulated the ball and kept it more. Um, um, so that's a, you know, a little bit of a learning curve for us. And uh, I thought we did a better job in the second half of that. Great. Thanks, Steve. Next question, Jimena Lugo, Jimena. Go ahead. Good evening, Steve. Uh, did the team implement the plan Ben Olsen laid out? Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought, you know, we were pretty good um, in our defensive structure. I think, uh, obviously, like I stated before, that um, our plan was to keep the ball more and have a little bit more possession and sustain it in their half. And we didn't do a good job of that in the first half. And that's why the game was, you know, a little bit more open and a little bit um, – more chaotic so uh for us uh, the players need to do a better job of picking times to go forward or picking times to put their foot on the ball and and just keep it and uh, make sure that we can you know hold possession and kind of catch our breath thanks steve jason anderson i see your hands risen again i'm gonna allow you to talk to see if you have a follow-up for steve go right ahead uh yeah just a just a quick one um this was O'Neill Fisher's first start uh, since 2018. Um, how do you think he did? How big of an impact does that have for you guys as a group to have someone make that comeback like that? Yeah, I think it's been great. Um, you know, obviously he came in against Toronto and did a great job there. And, um, you know, with uh, Junior out and Russell sliding into the middle, uh, he's, you know, he's been ready. He's been chomping at the bit to get back. So, um, you know, proud of him. He's, he's had a long recovery from his, uh, from his knee. And he looks great out there, and we're, we're happy to have him back. And um, he's done a great job for us so far. Thanks, Steve. Reminder to raise your hand if you have a question for him. Jimena, I see your hand is up again. I will allow you to ask another question. Go right ahead. Hey, Steve, uh, how do you feel playing without fans? Yeah, it's it's obviously it's it's uh, it's weird. Um, but, you know, I think right as you get on the field and you kind of you know, get into the game, it's, uh, it's, it's another game and you're competitive and we want to win the game. So that's the biggest thing for us is, um, you know, you, you kind of forget about it once the game starts and it's, uh, it's intense no matter what. I think both of these last two games have been pretty intense and, and physical. So um, being without fans isn't really an issue. Obviously, we'd love to have them there and have, you know, our supporters chanting and cheering for us. It gives us that, that extra boost. But um, right now, we're just, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of in the zone and you, you just kind of forget about that as the game starts. Thanks, Steve. I think we have time for one or two more questions. I see a hand risen. Mario Amaya, El Tiempo Latino. Go right ahead. Mario, it seems I'm having trouble allowing you to speak. Looks like you have an older version of Zoom. I apologize for that. 
apparently the technology will not allow that to happen. We can answer your question after this or at a different time. If you want to go ahead and email that to myself or Sam Legg or the DC United Communications email address. Once again, sorry for that. Anyone else for questions um, with questions for Steve, go ahead, raise your hand. We'll give it about 10 seconds and we'll let Steve get out of here if not. All right, Steve, appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's DC United's Stephen Birnbaum uh, joining us here uh, on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And we're expecting Ben Olsen any second. We're moving very quickly through the press conference tonight. But that was a, a somewhat frustrated but seemingly a bit positive Stephen Birnbaum. Always. Also, Always Russell Knauss. Yeah, they, they were both pretty frustrated with what happened on the pitch today. Yeah, but I, I don't think you know, it wasn't down and out, right? I think they know that this team has a lot more to give. I, I, I don't I don't think anybody would tell you that DC United is playing their best soccer of the season, the short season, nor are they going to play the best soccer uh, that we're going to see this year. I think there's a lot of parts that, that still have to come together. Um, before Coach Olsen joins us, let's try to wrap up our, uh, our, our man of the match. Sam, um, who did you have tonight, Joshua? I know you gave it to Pippa. The team gave it to Pippa, Sam. Yeah, I mean, Pippa was great. Um, I guess just, you know, between him and throwing an honorable mention out there, I thought Felipe really came in and did a lot for the team. He provided a lot of that grit, which, you know, DC United <laughs> is always looking for. Um, so I think that he did do a really good job. So it's, it's kind of, I guess, between me and Pippa to – just spice it up. I, guess. I like what I like what Felipe's done into eight. If I, I'll just chime in. Yeah, no, I, I I've been thrilled with Felipe. I, I'm gonna go a slightly different route here. I All look, right. I'd, I'd like to give it to Pippa as well, but we we, we got to mix things up a little bit. I thought it was another solid game from Bill Hamid, so I, I'll give it to Bill in the back. I think he yeah. did it. He had a couple clutch saves. Um, one, I think only Taylor Twelman thought he got a hand on, but he was still, I mean, the reaction was great. It was, it was a beautiful shot that, yeah. that rattled off the bar, but um, I, I think Bill's had a great tournament so far too. Um, you know, struggled in the first half against Toronto, obviously, but tonight I think he put in a solid shift. Uh, the goal wasn't his fault by any means. Yeah, I'll agree. And I think just subjectively, I don't, I don't know the numbers on this, um, but I think that Bill Hamid had less shots on goal. He had less saves to make. It feels like usually he has his hands on the ball a lot more, and that actually makes it a lot harder, right, when the play is just all right in front of you, but you're not having to actually make those saves. You know, sometimes when you have shot after shot after shot after shot, you're just getting in that mentality, and it's a little bit easier, but when you have shots kind of coming out of nowhere, it can be a little bit harder, and I think that that was a little bit of the situation for Bill tonight, and there were a lot of times when you didn't expect that shot to get off, and then it did, and Bill came up with that clutch save, so... I appreciate that shout. Yeah, yeah, we're live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Uh, Coach Ben Olson's going to be seven at the podium here any second. So if you've got questions for him or for us, you can tweet him at us uh, using the hashtag Tried and True DCU or uh, shoot us a text. Give us a call, 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6DCU. And we do have uh, a text here uh, from our text line. DC kept passing out of space, and it was the most frustrating thing. Mora and Canales looked lost on the ball. I think people are really starting to see how essential Areola is to the attack. As soon as Paul is back, possession is going to increase, as well as goal production. But anyway, you look at it, there's no excuse to not get three points versus Montreal. And once again, I, I think I think our listeners are spot on. Um, you know, we we miss Paul so much, and uh, if if we don't get three points on uh, what is it? Tuesday night at midnight, basically. Oh. <laughs> um, boy, it's going to be a long basically night. Basically Wednesday morning. But, yeah. yeah, we need those three points. 
Yeah, I agree. And we did have a couple shouts earlier in the show um, on the Periscope, the Twitter feed, who were saying, you know, we really miss Paul and we'd really love to see him out there as soon as possible. Um, and he, he was tweeting with some boots on earlier, uh, which is always really promising. I I don't know that I've done enough research to know exactly where his you know recovery process is or if that's even out there for the public. But, you know, it, it looks like he's making steps in the right direction. Um, I, I think back in February, which feels like 1994 mm-hmm. at the rate this year has been going so far, <laughs> um, I think the team was originally hoping for like September, October, maybe. And like in a normal schedule, like perhaps a playoff push into yeah. the postseason return. Um it seems like things have been going well from what we're hearing. So if that's still on track, you know, it's possible we could get, uh, we could get Paul for an extended part uh, of this regular season, but it looks like uh, coach Olson is stepping to the podium here. He's adjusting his mask. Uh, So let's go ahead and go back to Orlando. Uh, Coach Ben Olson is at the podium. Awesome. We'll take as many questions as we can. We're going to go right ahead. Steve Goff, go ahead. Hey Ben. Um, uh, Pippa's making a, Make an impression uh, shortly after coming into games. Did it again today. Uh, your thoughts on on uh, the the pop he's giving the team um, as this uh, super yeah. sub. Yeah, it's. I think this is probably the first time in his life he's ever been considered a super sub. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's always the focal point of a team from the get go, and and you build around or uh, you build around him. Uh, but that's the, the the mentality that he has and the attitude that he has had since he's gotten here, his willingness to do what's best for the team. He obviously can still play at a very high level. So the goals helped, right? They, they were both very uh, – you know, this one was opportunistic and, and great instincts. Um, certainly not the greatest play on their end, but it still takes instincts to um, uh, go after that ball. And then to, to see the play out is, was great. It gave us uh, a little life. But his play also helped us in the second half again. Um, he, he calms us down. As, as I said many times with him, uh, there, there hasn't been many players in this league that understand how to pull the strings better than he does. Um, so he, he gave that uh, to us. But I also thought the second half was much better from us. First half, not so much. Um, Maybe better from a um, uh, output standpoint and, and running, and uh, maybe our defensive shape was a little bit better. Uh, so, if I look at it up until this point, it's that we're growing. Uh, it's slow though. It is not a fast grow right now, and uh, but it is growing, and, and that's important. And we're picking up some points along the way. Thanks, Ben. Next question, Pablo from The Athletic. Pablo, go ahead, man. Hey, Benny. Uh, I know it's um, I know it's early, and obviously the circumstances around the tournament sort of might make it hard to to call kind of impartial data from. But if you if you get Pipa to a point where he's 60, 70 minutes fit, I mean, does he does he start to sort of make things difficult for you as far as considering him a starter potentially? I hope so. Yeah, uh, you know he he's just getting back into this, you know, we're, we're pushing him, you know, I wouldn't say more than we should uh, because, you know, he has been back and this, this um, COVID period has given his uh, knee a little extra time to build strength, 
but he also can't build strength at the at Audi Field, right? He's been on his own. So we still have to be smart about how we build him. But the goal is to build him to compete for a starting spot, yes. And we might decide that he's a guy where we can't uh, keep him off the field. But we also might decide as this thing goes that he is a 30-minute player for us and maybe a 60-minute player. Uh, we, we don't know yet, uh, but I'm open to it. Uh, it's why I brought him uh, here, and we're looking forward to, again, keeping him um, – you know, we're glad he's incorporating into the group and helping us out. But yeah, we, we're 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 pushing him to uh, be, you know, have have a bigger role than 15 minutes. Thanks, Ben. Next question, Jason Anderson, Black and Ready Knotted. Jason, go ahead. Uh, hi, Ben. You got a a chance to look at both uh, Eric Sorga and Ulysses Segura up top uh, in this game with with Ola not not in the lineup. Um, what did you think of, of the two halves you got out of those two players? I, I thought Eric was okay. Um, you, know, you know, Eric's had a tough 10 days. Uh, you know, he was quarantined for a few days. And, um, you know, I, I didn't think he looked as sharp uh, as he, he's been in the past for us. Uh, he's, you know, ha had just a few training sessions under his belt. Uli, I thought, really did a great job when he came on. And I thought he stretched them. He's a big body. Uh, and uh, he connected uh, He connected the game uh, and allowed Pipa and uh, uh, Yamil and Julian and Felipe right now to advance into the game. And, and I thought, again, as that game grew on in the second half, I think you saw, uh, again, the way we want to play, right? And that's the first time we've seen that um, uh, in this tournament. Uh, again, I think we the adjustment in the second half of overloading there on the left side with Felipe, I think, really unbalanced them, and that really helped us uh, build. And uh, and then we were able to threaten. And I, I thought again, the game down that down the stretch could have went either way. Uh, but Uli, uh, I was very pleased with Uli's effort. Thanks, Ben. We're going to go back to Pablo. Pablo, go ahead. Uh, ben, I'm curious. Obviously, uh, Fish got his first uh, minutes in, in quite a while, or his first start, I should say, in quite a while. What did you What did you see out of him tonight? It was always going to be tough for him to get through the 90. And I thought up until the time where he started uh, getting uh, gassed, he had a, a very good night. You know, me, uh, yeah, well, I would love to get him forward more, but again, that's going to be a product of how we build and uh, the success we didn't have in that first half of getting him uh, into the attack a little bit more. Uh, but defensively, I thought he was very sharp and he just got a little winded. And, and you could see around 65-ish <clears throat> when he got tired uh, that he got a little casual and uh, uh, some fatigue hit in and, and Chris Adoy came in and did a really good job of, of, of seeing that side out. Uh, so uh, very good, very good from Fish. It's always great to see him, you know, get minutes uh, after all he's been through. Thanks, Ben. We're going to go back to Steve Goff. Steve, go right ahead. 
was Ola available at all today or not? Um, and how do you see whether he'll be available for uh, Tuesday? Hopefully he'll be available for Tuesday, uh, but he'll be day-to-day -day from here on out. He picked up a quad injury early in that uh, in the Toronto game, very early, uh, and he kind of got through it at halftime. Uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't he wasn't able to give 100 percent. So uh, we backed off a little bit and hopefully um, I, I think we'll know in the next day or two whether he's available for the game on Tuesday. Thanks, Ben. We'll take two more questions. We'll go to Jimena Lugo from the Washington Times. Go ahead. Good evening, Ben, uh, Coach Ben Olsen. Uh, what did you get angry with the referee in the second half? Uh, which time? There were there were many times uh, I, he was he was fine today the referee I, I was giving him a little bit of heat today but I just thought he he um, a lot of little things went their way I thought over the course of the game nothing drastic he didn't change the outcome of the game I, overall he did an okay job I just um, thought a lot of the uh, the little calls went their way and uh, I made sure he. He heard it a little bit, and unfortunately, from what I hear, you guys can hear it on television, so I apologize. Thanks, Ben. Last question, Alonzo Contreras. Go ahead, Alonzo. Hi, Coach. How are hey, you? Fine, thank you, Coach. Hey, Coach, uh, a forward job is to score goals, and uh, with Federico Higuain, two goals, two games, uh, have he earned a spot in the starting 11 for the next game or is still something that he needs to work on for based on your and his performance? It's not about his performance. Uh, this is about fitness levels. Uh, he's not fit enough to go the minutes that we need him to go to, to start yet. Uh, uh, his performance has been fantastic and uh, he's also not a forward. So uh, we we like him in the 10 spot and giving him a free role to pull the strings for us. Uh, we will work on his fitness and try to get him up to speed as quick as possible. Uh, he'll be the first to tell you that he's got a ways to go uh, before he can go significant minutes. But, uh, you know, uh, last game was 15. This is 30 or 25 or 25 uh, ish, you know, so we'll keep building him because we believe in him and we believe he's going to be a big, big part of this team. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. And thanks for the time, man. Thanks. What's well, a great Q and a there with uh, head coach Ben Olson. Uh, some, some great answers. I really appreciated uh, his, his perspective on the officials. Although I don't think they were as good as he alluded to in the press conference. And I, also, I don't think that's what he told him mid game. <laughs> I also don't think he needed to apologize because I loved it. Yeah, no, it was, it was great to see the passion, but, um, one of the things that, that we had planned to ask and, uh, you know, shouts to, to our friend Jason Anderson uh, from Black and Red United for, for beating us to the punch. But uh, Ola Kamara did pick up a knock, it sounds like, which was big news and was something that had frustrated all three of us. Um, he picked up a knock against Toronto, was still in the game day roster. And I don't know if that's a, a factor of everyone's really in the game day roster nowadays. <laughs> um, or if it was a mind game, as, as Jason alluded to on Twitter just a few moments ago, um, or if that's something that um, – 
you know they'd hope to, to maybe have him available had we needed it but um boy are we gonna Kamara against Montreal so prayers up that we've got the medical staff in in Orlando to, to bring him back yeah and I think it goes back to um not something we've talked about today but something we talked about in the past is how deep is our bench you know we have a lot of players who can play a lot of different positions which is phenomenal when you're talking about like during game substitutions but when you're talking about long term you know there have been a lot of questions about how deep our bench is and how many forwards do we have? You know, we have so many defensive mids and outside backs, but how many inside, you know, attacking midfielders do we have? How many, you know, players do we have who can really push the offense? And uh, I don't know. Apparently not that many. Uh, it was apparent towards the end of the game. Yeah. We needed that spark. And, and Pipa was the only one really to bring it. Uh, there was rumors of DC United signing a striker before this whole craziness started. And, and, I, and I think maybe that was the plan for not Ola to be the starter, but someone else on maybe DP money, maybe that third spot that we have. Uh, and it, it would have been huge, but no, <laughs> we have a third. No, spot. no, no, I know. <laughs> no, I was thinking about an international spot. I think we just traded one away though. Correct. We did, yeah, yeah. yeah. But those are like candy. You can find them on yes, the side. You're of the right. You can I call up Portland <laughs> in the middle of the night and you get an international <laughs> spot in this league, especially yeah. if you're DC United. That, yeah. That was where my mind went, but I remember we traded one away. But if I'm not wrong, oh, it, we we went around and, and and awarded our man of the match, and it's mostly people with some honorable mentions to some guys we haven't seen in a while. But it, it's not one of the wingers or forwards, and I don't count someone in the press conference counted people as a, a forward. And, and from our talks with him, and, and from my belief, he's a ten, which is in the midfield. Well, Coach Olson said as much, right? And he's like, he's not a, he's not a striker for us. We want him to be a ten. Yeah, and he does a great job of pulling the strings. And and for a while there, he was pressing the goalkeeper. That's how he scored the goal. Uh, I think that's a feature, not his main play. Like, he can do that, but that's not what we need him doing. We need Ola or someone better to do that for us. You're right, and that's what, again, this team has been missing for so many years is someone who just hungrily attacks those plays. We need the striker who is aware enough to see that that pass is not strong enough and to attack that ball and to then, like, out-dribble the keeper and score, like, that's phenomenal and he was calm cool collected while he did it but that's not his job on this team and it's frustrating that we haven't had somebody who is like super obviously it's their job on this team to be able to do that right and i i don't think it's segura i dc uh, we talked about how yeah. ben likes put, putting them everywhere but maybe sort grows into that and he, and he finds his place in the league and, and he makes those corrections to the mistakes that he made today which weren't huge but they were there and, and then we, we've had Olaf for a little bit, but he's been hurt a lot. Uh, so maybe he gets a, a stretch of games where he's he's good and he's healthy and, and he does that role for DC United. I still think Ola Kamara is, is a top striker in this league. I think we've got to get him the service. We've got to get him the health, and, and I think he can do it. I think it's just a matter of, like, when do those pieces come together? Dude, I think know, Zardes has three goals in the tournament so far, and we all know Zardes. Uh, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's an above-average player. And I think Ola would, would fit in that category as well. In MLS, he's an above-average player. It's all about the service. Columbus get the ball to Zardes' foot, and he puts it in the net. I think if we can get Ola in positions to score goals, he had a, a couple of chances against Toronto. 
We didn't get to see in this game. Maybe against Montreal, that's the difference maker for DC United in this tournament. I think it's bigger than just the forward, though. I'm going to challenge you a little bit because you said Gressel's going to come in. He's going to give that phenomenal service. You know, we thought Assad was going to give that service. Paul Ariola also, unfortunately, injured, but we expected that from him. Like, I think it's bigger than just not having the forward. And I think I maybe just said that a couple minutes ago, but I think it's all the offensive pressure moving forward that we don't necessarily have. This team undoubtedly has a lot of room to grow. I think they've got the pieces. I, I don't, I don't, I think depth is something we all, every DC United fan would agree that we could use some more of, but as far as starting, starting players, I think they've got it. They've just got to figure out how to play together. But what yeah. I want to do is shift real quick towards, you know, as, as we look to wrap up the show, um, this is a must-win game against Montreal, so I'll ask yeah. you guys, with the pieces that we have, let's assume that Kamara is healthy enough to give it a go. What is What does the 11 look like on Tuesday way past my bedtime? <laughs> <laughs> I like today's lineup, and I hope that Ben goes with it because I think Fisher brings mobility out of the back if he can go – for as long as he can go. Ben Olsen said it in his in his press conference. He got tired at the 65th minute and started to get lax in defense, and that's that's when you correctly pull him off. Uh, but yeah, we I, I think I, I think we all talked about that when it happened, right? There was there was like one specific play, and he just they cut to the tight camera angle, and we were like, oh god, he's gassed. And it wasn't <laughs> long after that that he came out. Yeah. So I, I would keep Fisher there. I would keep Canals in midfield. Moreno can sit on the bench because he was just a train wreck in the first game. Yeah. I think, uh, I think he earned that spot on the bench. Assad starts instead of Segura. What? Uh, I think so. I think he's got a better potential than Segura. I think it's a little bit of the mentality. I think you're right. The lineup today was fine. I'm fine with it. But And, I mean, our listeners have rightly pointed out, like, maybe we just pretend we're a goal down the whole time and then we really push forward and we really, you know, take it to them. I just – I wish we – just pressed them a little more like yes our team mentality is to absorb the pressure but let's absorb the pressure and then really just like shove it down their throats and that's not something that dc united does but i'd love to see it happen but like Iguain comes on and does that and that's why he has produced two goals for us in two games so i would just like to see you know maybe not that exact mentality i'm not expecting every single player to be pressuring the keeper as he's getting a pass back but just a little bit more of that push and a little bit more of that drive I think that we will get those goals against Montreal because they're, they're not sitting pretty right now. And I think we have a lot more, you know, mentality and adrenaline going into this game than they do. So, so a couple of thoughts from my end, you know, you're, you're right. Montreal is not sitting pretty. And I don't think they're a very good team, but they're also very much still alive, yeah. you know, with, with four of six third place teams I don't know going through. They're alive, but they will definitely like give us a run for our money. <laughs> like they're I, not going to sit back. I think if Montreal wins this game, they've got a shot to move on to the round of 16 right, at, at three points. I mean, it, it's going to be really tough to get in. And, and that was something that we talked about, uh, you know, during the game earlier. DC United at two points right now with a win, e even if – and it looks like they'll, a, a win should comfortably put them through, um, it, it, either in first or second in the group. But if, if the other game ends at a tie, goal differential comes in, you know, five points in third place you're going through as well. So – DC United pretty much are, are through with a win in my mind. Yeah, so uh, just to give the context is Toronto has four points. New England also has four points. DC United obviously has two. Montreal Impact has zero. And it's the top two teams from every group are definitely going through. And then it's four wild card third place third teams. Place teams. Yeah. So. Yeah. so, but to my question I posed to you guys, I, I'm making two changes to you, this lineup. Segura on for Assad? 
Uh, no. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> you, you, go, you scoffed at me when no, I said. No, I, I mean Assad is not starting. Uh, but oh, but let's no. start with uh, up top. I, I told you guys we could assume Kamara could start, and he will. In my mind, I'm gonna start Possibly him. Possibly wishful. Uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna start <laughs> All him. Fingers are crossed. But no, Assad's going to the bench, and it's it's not gonna be Segura. I'm giving Kevin Paredes the start. Hey. I, I'm giving Kevin the start because he brings the energy, and and if he doesn't play the whole game, that's okay. You you can you can always bring oh. in Segura. You can always bring in Yamil. So in a but m- in, in some way, it's a bit of a mind game, right? Of like, Assad's not been good enough, and he he doesn't deserve to start again. And and, and Paredes has put in good shifts. Yes. So in Run a must-win game, you're putting in Kevin Paredes. You're starting Kevin. I love. I love Kevin Paredes. Mistake just... in the first minute from from a rookie is possible. It's absolutely possible. I don't think. So. I don't think. I think we saw that. several mistakes from Yamil tonight. Yeah, you're right. I uh, like it. I think that's not what's going to happen. But I, I like I, it. Oh, I, look, I'm, I'm I'm not predicting what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm telling you what I would do. Can I put a twist <laughs> on it? So Paredes for the first 45. At the half, you shift Flores out to the left, and Pipa starts at sure. the ten. So he subbed in at the ten. Yeah. Yes, I like that. And and the, and then you still. I mean, look, I, I've been giving Assad a, a a rough go tonight for sure. I think he <laughs> earned it. But you he's uh, mostly still, for the haircut, right? Or for the the the, 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 the bleach. <laughs> I don't understand how this team smuggled Clorox into the bubble, <laughs> but somehow it is going around the team again. But look. Assad's a talented guy. It, it's not. Yeah. It's not like his career's over. He's had a bad couple games. I, he's he's a good player. He still brings a lot, and, and I think off the bench he can be a spark. Um, but but you I, need I, that drive. You can't promise players starting positions. You're right. Then they start to sit back. I, I see what you're saying. And and at 17, Paredes can do 90 minute games every day in Florida. It's not even <laughs> going to bother, right? So 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 run him out there, you know. And and as we've said, Montreal's probably the worst team in this group. I hope we prove that on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he's, I think he's done enough to, to deserve at least a shout in that starting lineup. We normally do a Jersey pitch at the end of every episode. If Paredes starts and scores in the final group game, I will buy the Jersey. I didn't think he needs to do those things. I'm like already (laughs) sold. He's been, I don't know about the number 30. I don't think that'll stick, but I love seeing him get his chances in this tournament. And again, he's like definitely a friend of the pod. We've had him on. A couple times now. And yeah, beat me in FIFA once. He's so fun. <laughs> I beat Joshua. took him down a peg. You know, that enough is to get a jersey. Oh, wow. Um, we do have a comment coming in. Um, do we think that Assad, this person is saying that potentially Assad deserves the start over Russell. What do you all think about that? What, what sort this, of formation are we playing? I don't know. This person just doesn't think that Russell had the best game this week. But he did Potentially didn't. that's the person who deserves so to be benched. I'll give them props. Russell looked bad. He looked like he wanted to get the ball off his foot as soon as possible. He looked like he hadn't been practicing defensive mid for eight weeks. Uh, and those are true. I mean, it, it but you would still start him over Assad. Obviously, that would be a lot of shifting around and things I like think, that. I think I think they're looking at it. some shifting rounds. There's got to be a couple moves because you can't put Assad in Canals's role. Well, and that's what I'm trying to figure out, right? Are we? Are, do you go four one four one at that point? I would love a four one four one. Joshua uh, said yes. We need more <laughs> so, attack. So, so how do you how do you break out the Felipe is the D mid in that situation, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then you have Flores and Assad playing off each other, kind of a dual in the middle. System. In the middle, in a dual ten. So you just have a little triangle going in the middle. Yeah, I mean, and then who do you have out wide? You got Gressel and Sigur <laughs> <laughs> or Paredes. Paredes, yeah. I think that would also solve our problems about 
not being very attacking. You know, it's easy to be defensively and absorbing the pressure when you have that triangle Six people, with two yeah. in the back. Yeah. yeah, but when you have it reversed. For sure, but how, how quickly do you become <laughs> not defensive enough with this team? Because I, 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 I love our first. center backs, but, I mean, and, and I think Stephen Goff was the one who pointed out, DC United has three goals in this tournament by two 35-year-olds. Right, one of which is Fred Briant, who plays in our back line. I so. think you cross your fingers that we get to last year's defensive, because I think I think that the team still thinks that they are a defensive powerhouse, and I don't want to take <laughs> that away from them, like they were last season. And I think, obviously, you know, this every team in this tournament we're seeing is absolutely crazy, and they're not playing the way that they thought they were going to play. But I think DC United is still acting like we're that powerhouse, and we can absorb that pressure. So I would almost just love to see what happens if we do, you know have that inverse triangle of what we have now and really push offensively. And, you know, that also takes pressure away from our defensive third. So maybe we don't need to rely on it that much. And, you you know, you can hope that um, that Steven and Fred really get it done in the back and Bill comes up with those saves and we're just shoving it down the other team's throats. I think in my mind, we all wish that we're on – four points right now maybe yeah. and and then you could you could experiment with that a little more especially yeah. with the subs but must it, win it oh it's absolutely oh, must absolutely. win right um i mean it, we're not in if we don't win I, I don't think we absolutely don't get a wild card if we don't win no i mean three points on a goal differential zero is is, is not going to get it done um so that's dc united's next game though um i i don't know guys are we are we are we taking a nap on Tuesday? What is what does this look like? It's a ten thirty p.m. kickoff. Taking a nap? Oh, during the day, absolutely. During the day, yeah, and it's on it's on Tudin uh, or live okay. on Twitter. <laughs> so we're gonna get some of my favorite. <laughs> we're gonna get some of my favorite uh, announcers in the league. Yes, um, for sure, and hopefully a Love couple it. of lengthy goal calls for for the Black. Uh, the games on Tudin so far, Tudin. <laughs> <laughs> Have been formerly barn- the, the network formerly known as Unimas. <laughs> the barn it's been barn burners the whole time. Yeah. They've kept me up, and I've got a lack of sleep this past week because of it. We had San Jose coming back, crazy, crazy. odds last Insane night. Game. Columbus looked dominant the the night before. There was it's crazy <laughs> for my anxiety. Just like hopefully DC United put this one away. But the pendulum yeah. is like swinging in our direction, right? In that we will absolutely, if it's going to be a crazy game, like it's absolutely going to come out in our favor. And yeah, I would hopefully, right? appreciate our listener, Dan, saying that we should be coaches of this team. <laughs> I do appreciate his appreciation of our tactical. We could do it by committee. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I do want to say that we will be live at... 12 31 a.m i hope you know if you're not listening live maybe you're listening to us during your if you have a commute during your commute if not just while you're making breakfast in the morning the next morning <laughs> we will be coming at you with our thoughts of the game yeah and that's a good reminder for for everyone listening live right now um thank you so much for hanging out with us on your on your friday night bernice de football although we were not on the the spanish network tonight uh but we we very much appreciate you hanging out with us and and you know, the best thing you can do to help continue to grow our show is, is to tell a friend uh, to, to join us live after the games or to check us out on your favorite podcatcher. And, of course, if you look on whatever platform you use for podcasts and you don't see us there, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll do what we can to get there. But um, let's let's before we wrap, um, I want to take a, a, a quick run around um, – our other teams in the Some DC shouts area. for the DMV, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and if you're not paying attention to the NWSL Challenge Cup, boy, be. there was now a massive game yeah. today. Oh, man. Uh, the, 
the North Carolina Courage, uh, everyone's oh, least favorite team, have been eliminated it's already. It's their first loss in 8,364 games, but they are out of this tournament, which is wild and really yeah. breaks it open for every other the team. The door's wide open. And it's great for the Spirit, who were a dark horse in this tournament at the beginning, and they finished second in the group stage, and now number one is knocked out. All eyes are on the Spirit my eyes will be on the spirit. I can't wait to watch them. Yeah, play. I really think they're an up and coming team. You know, last season they had a lot of really young players who needed to, you know, build and get that experience and come up and learn how to play as a team. And I think that we're seeing that they're able to do that in this tournament. So it's really exciting. And if I if I'm correct, we are on that side. Ooh, excuse me, we are on that side of the bracket. Um, so down. it is <laughs> promising that um, North Carolina is out, and we did get a, that draw against Portland when we played them in this tournament. So we will see how that bodes for us. Yeah, so um, the Spirit play uh, tomorrow, yep. or, uh, well, yeah, we're 10 minutes away, so it's still tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> it's sky blue at 1230 that's on Saturday. CBS yeah. Yeah, that's Saturday, <laughs> July 18th. So look at, looking forward to seeing that. And in the league that's crazy enough, to play in front of some amount of fans, the USL Just debatable, yeah. Uh, USL Championship and USL League One are all back in action. Um, our friends in Richmond actually had their game postponed. That was supposed to be, I think, tomorrow against uh, the new team in Georgia. I, I can't think of Tormenta. Tormenta. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so they were postponed. They actually announced that they're going to play some games in front of uh, a thousand fans. Uh, so. I, I don't know. I'm 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 looking forward to potentially going down there, but we'll it certainly it won't goes. be. Yeah, it, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see the first couple situation. games. Um, and and of course, near and dear to our heart, um, Loudon. Uh, they play Monday uh, at Hartford. So interesting in the championship, they've got these pods, if you will, but they're they're geographically somehow Hartford, Connecticut, is in the same one as as Loudon, which is not terribly close. The northeast, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, fans players coaches please stay safe this is this is a tough <laughs> uh, a yeah. tough challenge for the championship here but it, it could really pave the way for for major league soccer to come back uh just, just this past week dc united um was pitching to the local anc uh some some plans to potentially bring fans back um and, and we'll see what what the league comes out with uh as we move forward yeah i think all of that you know is as anxious as we are to get back in the stands and to be watching live soccer and to be supporting our teams obviously um you know, we want to do it as safely as possible and hoping that everyone listening, um, whether live or if you're listening later, you know, wear your masks, be smart, don't touch your face when you're out, you know, be smart. If you're going to bars, you know, I really struggle because you do also want to support your local businesses, right? A lot of right. like really, really strong DC bars are unfortunately shutting down because they just can't survive this crazy coronavirus time. Um, so if you're financially able to, please support local businesses here. Um, but be smart while you do that. Everyone wear your masks, and hopefully that will bring us to being live in Audi Field again a lot sooner. Joshua, closing comments from you? It's a disappointing tie. I am excited to see this team go all out against Montreal in a must-win game, or at least a must-tie game. I would love to see. I think they could get through with a tie, but uh, for me, <laughs> we'll see Since how when the other is Joshua the optimistic one goodness, on this show. I'm like, really comfortable right now. <laughs> I, I want to see this team with the with, with their back to the wall, like Birnbaum said. Um, and I think maybe we'll see a better performance from there, and that'll give me some hope. 
Well, it's been uh, a fun time tonight. We appreciate all the interactions uh, from you. I can't believe I'm the one to do this out of the three of us, but we have to congratulate Sam. Leeds United promoted to the Premier League. Uh, Sam's been a fan for... We'll say a while. Six months. <laughs> I admit, it's, it's been a new fandom for me, but I jumped all in and I did a lot of research and I'm reading. They just came out. It's 100 years. They just came out with a book. I'm reading it. So I'm very excited. I tweeted it out, but shouts to all the Leeds fans who have been fans for much longer than I am. You know, I was dancing around the apartment all afternoon after being promoted to the Premier League. I'm sure it's so much sweeter for the people who have been fans for so long, but I am fully a Leeds fan. I fully embraced it. You all can attest to the fact that I fully embraced it. It, for sure and i am so owning multiple jerseys hype multiple yeah. jerseys yes and i'm so hyped for our little tried and true derbies it's, next it's gonna be fun next year wolves leicester leeds newcastle all in the premier league so um, hopefully we'll be up there shouts also to jack harrison who used to play in mls who is with Man City United. We don't, we don't I think Man United. Whatever. <laughs> We're going deep, deep. I'm deep just saying he was an MLS later. player. He helped Leeds to get to promotion. So well, hopefully making that connection this time or later than this time on Tuesday. We're dancing around the apartment for DC United going on through the group stage. Potentially, right. Leeds can also clinch the entire championship at that point. I, I so regret I'll be immediately celebrating the whole time. You can mute her mic. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got the power here. It's kind of like around the horn with the with the board in front of me i can just hit mute and sam's off the show um hey listen thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight um enjoy the rest of your friday um and, and like we said earlier if you enjoyed what you heard tonight um and you're willing to stay up till god knows when on tuesday we'll, <laughs> we'll be live be again here. but of course yeah. we're live after every dc united game uh we've been enjoying doing this for for quite a while now so please do come back uh, and, and tell a friend about the show. Yeah, uh, and let us know what you're thinking during the show. We've had so much interaction, which I really love. Um, so we want to keep hearing your thoughts. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And because Sam brought it up, we'll send it out uh, with a little Bobby wine. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> she, you, you tried not to, but it's too late now. The bad news is that everyone is a potential victim. But the good news is that everyone is a potential solution. Sensitize the masses to sanitize. Keep a social distance and quarantine. Stop! The coronavirus is sweeping over mankind. Everybody must be alert. It's a global pandemic we can never take for Wash your hands, keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb. Dry cough is a simple tomb. Who quit? Tamala is a simple tomb. Itchy eyes and twins.